how you are in the world matters. Overwhelm is inevitable and optional. It's time to listen up and make it optional for you. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to make you aware of an exciting opportunity. I'm going to be teaching a free three-part live workshop and I'd really love it if you came along. So if you'd like to experience working with me live, you'll have a workbook and we'll be doing lots of really good exercises to help shift you out of overwhelm, de-stress and get you really on the way to starting to create a life that works for you rather than battling and just getting through your days. So it's a really good opportunity for you to work with me for free. So do sign up. You need to go to heidimark.co.uk forward slash workshops or click the link below this episode. I look forward to seeing you. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where we get you out of your head, into your body, out of overwhelm, get some clarity and start living the life that you really, really want to live, but keep getting stuck, not quite living. So this episode is for you if you feel like there's something wrong with you. If you feel like, so it's related to last week when I was talking about your get better list, but this is specifically addressing the idea The mistaken belief, I would argue, that there's something fundamentally wrong with you and that if only you were better in some way, which is how we end up with this longer and longer secret, hidden, get better list, which is weighing on us all the time and adds things to our to do list, which is already overwhelming. So we need to turn this around because it's very disempowering. And quite frankly, I believe it's wrong. There is nothing wrong with you. Now, yes, there's there's always things we can improve because we want to live with more ease and we want more joy. and, And also growth is part of the deeply satisfying journey that is our life. But there's a difference between self-improvement and bashing ourselves because we think there's something fundamentally wrong. So today's episode is all about addressing the idea that you have something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. So if you're secretly really struggling to cope with the life that you've worked really, really hard to create and you keep thinking, when I get better at this, things will improve. The problem with that is that immediately you've gone into your head into problem solving and problem solving is a really great skill. But it's not very helpful when you apply it to yourself, because what's happening is everything becomes a problem. So when you see yourself as a series of problems to be solved because there's something fundamentally wrong with you, you lack what it takes to cope. That's what you're saying. I'm not good enough. I've set up this life. I've worked really hard. And if you go back through your life, you'll see that you've jumped through many hoops, like revising for those exams, um, going for interviews, you know, all of the promotions and achievements and that's just in kind of academic working life but also you know buying a home or finding a new home to rent all of the things that are big life things so we set up this life where we want meaningful satisfying work that enables us to have the lifestyle we want and and also importantly that that continues you know because there's more we want 
And quite rightly, because life is here to be enjoyed, life is an expansive thing, not a, I've made it, I'll just shut down all my wanting. No. So this obviously presents even bigger a problem because if you feel like, well, there's something fundamentally wrong with me because I ought to be able to cope with, and, and this is very low expectations as well, I ought to be able to cope with the life I've worked so hard to create, not even enjoy it. I ought to be able to cope with it. And And this is just... First of all, that's way too low because life is for enjoying. And secondly, it's putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So you can't cope with the life you've created, even if you've worked really hard. You don't want to lose anything. So therefore, you're trying to sort yourself out so you can cope better. And I'd argue that's coming from the wrong direction. And if we turn that around, there's nothing wrong with you. As soon as there's nothing wrong with you, um, then that frees you from all the problem solving. And I would argue that the problem solving is the problem solving of yourself as if there's something you fundamentally lack is adding to the problem. So let's just think about this for a moment. One of the things you could be dealing with at the moment is exhaustion where, you know, that exhaustion, that exhausted kind of fraught state where you kick ass on your goals at work or you're trying to, you know, you're, you're like, you're really going for it at work and you, you've got that place of respect. So people, people come to you to get their problems solved. People come to you to actually offload. Um, and you like helping people and you don't want to let anyone down. And you love that position of respect because you've worked really hard for it. And it is who you are. You, you love helping people and you are really good at your job. So it makes sense for them to come to you because you can see the solutions. You can see a quicker way of doing it. So you don't want to lose that because that's a fundamental part of who you are. But what happens is each time your body complains because it's going to because you're overworking it and you're ignoring it, you see that as a problem. And one of the first ways you might see it as a problem is that coming home in the evening. And suddenly you've lost the ability to unwind. You find yourself becoming more and more snappy. It's harder to sleep despite being utterly exhausted and feeling like you sleep for a year. And you're not really enjoying your evenings, which doesn't make any sense because you're somebody who doesn't want to be a couch potato. You know, you put a lot into your work, but you also want a lot from the rest of your life. So things aren't working out for you. So then you're like, okay. I need to be better at relaxing. I need to have more energy. What can I do? There's something wrong with me. I should have, I ought to have more energy. I ought to be fitter. I don't understand why I keep getting colds or not feeling quite right. Or look at last, I did a special episode on Saturday about Saturday ugness, where you wake up and you're like, oh, I had all these things I wanted to do. And I was really excited. I was really looking forward to my Saturday off. And now actually I just don't feel quite right. I just don't have the energy to do those things. And that's a horrible place to be. So more and more of your energy and time is going into, well, first of all, it goes into work and getting through the working day unscathed without losing it at work in some way, like those inconvenient tears that you don't want to erupt at the wrong place, quite rightly, because it's none of anybody's business. You know, it's work. You, you're a private person. If you're going to cry, you wish to to choose who to be vulnerable with. There's nothing wrong with that. But shoving down the inconvenient tears and also 
if we go back to this, you come through the door at night and you just, it's really hard to unwind and you're exhausted and you never quite, you never quite have an evening because more and more of your evening is about patching yourself up so you can cope with the next day at work. So this becomes a another thing to deal with. So on top of um, a pressured job, you've got this, I need to solve the problem of myself not coping. And that in itself is a huge project because first of all, um, there's too many things, right? So when we overwork and stay in a chronic stress state, the body starts to break down. There's things it's going to throw up stuff. It affects basically chronic stress affects every system in the body. Now, this sounds all doom and gloom, but let's turn this around. So if we decide there's nothing wrong with you, the next step from that is instead of pushing away all of the symptoms of stress, all of the snappiness, the exhaustion, the inconvenient tears, the inability to switch off, blah, 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 all of the moaning at yourself, the berating yourself in your head, the judging yourself, the thinking you ought to be better, etc. If we just take all of those symptoms and we say, hang on a sec, this is useful information. My body is part of me. It's not a thing that, you know, an inconvenient way of transporting my mind around to get stuff done. And you think I'm kidding, but I treated my body like that for a long time, even though I really valued my health. And even I would argue I was still doing that at the time when I was hacking my health. So even though I was reading loads about nutrition and diet and lifestyle and and I did make a huge difference to my health and I'm really grateful for all of that knowledge and I still you know eat in that way and and I learned a lot that was was helpful but it's not the what it's the how so I thought if I could solve this problem of myself not having enough energy then everything would be okay but it wasn't until years later when I'd unfortunately blown my life up crashed and burned lost the career I once loved and absolutely hated now which is really sad um but I'm not sad now it was it's sad because it's unnecessary if I'd known what I know now I'm not sad now because I've forgiven myself and let go of the shame and the grief but my point is I don't want you to have to go through that because I've been through it and lots of other people have been through it and there's really no need for you to get to that stage. Although I do know some of you will already have got to that stage. So you know what I'm talking about. It's painful. Burnout's really painful. Nobody really talks about it. I see posts on social media about people saying, oh, yeah, I burnt out last year. And then they're bubbling away as if and it was like a two month exhaustion. But I'm not talking about that because that goes in cycles. I'm talking about that absolute crash and burn when you cannot continue. When you when you basically I see it as if you ignore the, all the signs and symptoms long enough, they're just going to keep going until they punch you in the face. That's what happened to me. And it wasn't from lack of knowledge. I, I have a first class honours in psychology. I've studied positive psychology, which is the new psychology of thriving rather than looking at all the evil people do. Um, and mindfulness, Zen practice and philosophy. You know, I knew my stuff which actually made it harder because I'm like well I know all of this stuff so what's wrong with me there's even more wrong with me now right knowledge isn't always the thing it's 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 to me it's always the how and it's always going back to the premise so if you're starting from the position that there's something wrong with you I'd argue that's where you need to start 
and reframe it. There's nothing wrong with you. So if there's nothing wrong with you, that means that all of the signs and signals coming from your body are not irritating things to be solved. They're not problems to be solved. They're useful information from your inner guidance system. And I don't even mean this on a woo. You know, we could go all out woo and say, well, you know, your heart and your your gut reactions, your intuition are guiding you. But even if you don't want to go there, even from a basic physical kind of more mechanical, although I don't believe the body is mechanical. But if you go from that point of view where, you know, chronic stress state, what's it telling you? Well, you're kicking yourself into chronic state, state of stress, which is really dangerous. So listen to it. What's going on? And then you think, well, Heidi, that's not great because then I've got another problem. How do I deal with my chronic stress state? No, back it up one more. Let's make it easy. I'm about getting you out of overwhelm. So let's back it up once more. There's nothing wrong with you. The inconvenient, because it is just inconvenient, it's inconvenient until it stops you. So if you're still at the inconvenient stage, lucky you. It's miserable, but you can do something about it. So all these inconvenient signs and signals from your body are there as a course correction. It's that simple. Your body saying you cannot continue like this. It's like, a you know, it's like being in a movie and you're in a spaceship and all these uh, what do you call it? Noises, Not- well, the notifications, aren't they, from the engine and the ship going, everything's out of balance, everything's going to explode. Do, 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 do. It's like being in an adventure ship, your body, and it's going, you know, it's been flashing warning signals at you and making lots of funny noises to get your attention. And you're going, well, I ought to have a better ship. <laughs> you don't get to swap out your body and yourself, but you do get to pause. So instead of going into problem solving mode, if you go into neutral noticing, noticing completely neutrally what's going on, that will get you out of your head. That immediately gets rid of all of your get better at list, which is a secret list that that weighs heavily on your shoulders and you're not even aware of half the time. So if you just notice completely neutrally what's going on. So you notice now the neutral bit is really important. So I'll tell the story that I have told before. So when I was upping my practice of mindfulness to cope with my stress, it really didn't help. Why? Because it was detached from the neutrality. So I remember this very, very specific occasion when I had managed to get through however many classes and then I was teaching maths at the time and back to back classes are hell because you don't get you don't even get to go to the loo let alone like pause and go hmm how did that go what do I need to write down now to remember for next time that is bonkers like kids go and there's another 32 at the door it's just absolutely crazy so anyway I remember very specifically I was utterly exhausted I'm you know pulling out all the strings trying to solve the problem of, of this exhaustion and I walk across the classroom from my desk to the door to open the door to let the next class in. And I still loved my job at the time. This isn't like, oh, I don't want to be there. This is, I'm very exhausted. I'm going to solve the problem of myself. I'm going to practice mindfulness. And I wear barefoot shoes, Vivo barefoot shoes. I highly recommend them. And the reason for that is you can feel your feet on the ground. And what do I say? Feel your feet on the ground. It's really interesting because I've been wearing them for like over 10 years. And I had no idea that I would end up now with a podcast going, feel your feet on the ground. 
It's brilliant how life works out for you. Anyway, so I'm walking across the classroom in my barefoot shoes and I can feel my feet on the ground. So I'm sending my attention down to my feet. So I'm actually practicing neutral noticing. I'm walking towards the door and every single part of me is screaming, don't open that door. And what do I do? Ignore it. Now, obviously, I have to ignore it in that there's kids coming and I don't want to be the teacher who has a public breakdown and goes off off on sick leave. That's not a judge about anybody doing that. In fact, I think that's probably a much better way to handle it than I did, because actually it's honest and it's true and it's looking after yourself. But I don't know. Anyway, not for me. Very private person. Thought I could cope. Well, I could cope. I was coping as in I was getting through. I was just causing an enormous amount of damage and it was getting harder and harder to hide the stress. Anyway, what I was what I was actually doing was judging myself. So the, the, the noticing wasn't neutral. If I'd been walking. So all it did was make me aware of how miserable I was. Whereas if I'd gone in with love and compassion, that neutrality, if I'd gone in with curiosity and kindness, I would have gone, ah, well, this is interesting. I love my job, but I really don't want to open the door and teach another class. I wonder why that is. And if I'd gone from that point, instead of trying to solve the problem, I would have got the information that my body and my heart, every cell in my body was trying to tell me. And I could have averted, I know I could have averted what happened uh, three Three, I don't know, three years later, I don't know. So there is an experience of treating myself as a problem to be solved that I could have turned around. So I invite you to be really honest with yourself. Do you think there's something fundamentally wrong with you? Do you compare yourself to others and say, well, they're coping, so I ought to be able to? If only I exercised more, changed my diet, did this, did that, was better at time management. So look at all the things you think are wrong with you that you're trying to solve. And then pause. And I just dare you to try this new belief on for a bit. There is nothing wrong with me. Everything that feels wrong is there to help guide me to a better way of living for me. And that's just a new skill. Neutral noticing is a skill. We listen, we get, we, we listen to the body, we acknowledge all of these signals and signs from the body as if we were talking to an old friend. I'm really sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that I haven't checked in with you for a while. I'm listening, I'm here. As soon as you do that, you start to get a sense of ease. Now, it can be scary because you might also get masses of tears because it's, because what, what we're doing when we're pushing on through and ignoring is we're closing our hearts and to ourselves and we're pushing. So when you stop pushing and you just listen and pause, you may get an eruption of tears. You You might get a lot of grief and shame and anger, but that's all just more information. It's neither good nor bad. It just is where you are. And you can only start from where you are. And if it's too much, shut it down. You don't have to deal with it all at once. The whole point is changing the how. So the whole point is to go to neutral noticing. Notice completely neutrally. And when you notice neutrally, you don't have to do anything about it because all you're doing is acknowledging. You're saying, oh, this is what's going on. This is interesting. This is useful information. It's not much fun. But obviously it's useful because I don't want to live like that. I don't want all of this. 
I, I, the life that I work so hard to create doesn't include all of these stress symptoms. I reject them. I don't want them. Therefore, I'm going to listen to them because my body, my heart, every cell in my body is telling me that I'm going about my life the wrong way. And then you can start to, if you want, for fun, to lift you out of that. Go, OK, so what did I want? How did I want to feel when I got this promotion? How did I want to feel when I bought this house? How did I want to feel when I met my partner? How did I want to feel as a dog owner, as a plant owner, as a as a parent, a colleague, any of it? How did I actually want to feel? What was the original dream? Because when you tap back into that, you remember who you are. You remember, ah, I was the person who was really excited to pass those exams because I had all these hopes for the future. And when you tap back into that, that, that more kind of courageous, excited, exhilarated, hopeful version of you that's become jaded maybe and it just exhausted by going about life in a way that doesn't work for you. When you tap back into that, you can remember the lightness, the hope, the joy, the excitement, and you can have that back. It's, it might take some time, but rejecting it, how's that working out for you? Because it's it's no joke, is it, feeling this exhausted, this miserable? It's just thinking there's something fundamentally wrong with you, going through your life as if that were true. I don't think that's any way to live. I reject it. Absolutely reject it. And if we go back to the Zen premise, you are both perfect and a work in progress. The perfection isn't something to strive for. It's just it's a natural state of being. It's just how you are. There's nothing wrong with you. And the work in progress is, well, when I let go of the belief there's something wrong with me, when I let go of the need to force myself to live my life in a way that just doesn't work for me, the work in progress is the letting go of the stuff that doesn't let you be yourself. And, and you as yourself, that's the perfection, is just living with ease and joy, just daring, courageousness. Does it mean that you don't make mistakes? No. Does it mean... You are always happy. No, because life's about growth and expansion. But it does mean that you're coming from a place of self-love and acceptance. And you know what? When you love and accept yourself, when you move from a place of genuine, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me, that in itself changes the world. Because when you are at ease with yourself, other people are put at ease with them with themselves. You give people, other people permission to be themselves. And we want to be ourselves with love, with kindness, with joy, rather than this pushy old world where we're constantly trying to improve ourselves, control everyone else, control our circumstances. It's all very pushy. It's all very bashy. And there's always something more to improve and strive for rather than the opposite, which is there's always something more to want, to desire, to welcome in, to expand to, to grow to. Now, you can say they're the same thing, and I'd argue they're not. I'd argue they're the complete opposite. I cannot, I will argue with you, not argue, don't re-argue. Really I will state the case that if you change the how, if you say, if you get curious, so I really want that promotion because when I have that promotion, I'll be able to make this difference in the company. And I love that sense of satisfaction. Or when I get that promotion, I'll have more money 
and that money will enable me to have this. And I really want this because that thing that I want, the holiday, um, whatever it is, that will allow me to feel like this because I'm excited about it. And it's that. It's what what excites you, what energizes you, what makes you feel at ease? How? When do you most feel at home in yourself? Because this is fundamentally about feeling tapping into a state of empowered ease where you feel at ease with yourself, at home with yourself. You know there's stuff that you mess up and your intention is not to let people down, but you're human and you're doing your best. So you're kind to yourself. And from that place, that place of empowerment, knowing that there's nothing wrong with you, from that place, we all impact the world in a different way. And we all impact the world whether we think we do or we don't. However insignificant you think you are, you matter. How you are in the world matters. So go into the world with love for yourself. Go into the world from the place that there is nothing wrong with you. I'll see you next week. Have an unexpectedly lovely week. To find out more about my tiny, huge, life-changing practices, please visit www.heidimark.co.uk. 